This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. This weekend, much of the UK looked on as Queen Elizabeth's body was moved from Balmoral to Edinburgh. This cortege has passed many thousands of mourners bidding the Queen the most gracious goodbye. The Queen's death has made many of us reflect on our own losses and what she represented to us. We've all grown up with her and that family. So it's like a family member's gone. That's quite shocking to me. She has good innings, you know, so there's another one to take over. Life goes on. It feels almost like part of my Britishness is gone. I don't think there'll be another monarch like her. Her passing has touched many people on a personal level, leaving them with a sense of grief. Thank the millions of people around the world that's in the same state as me today. I really do feel emotional. And as a Muslim, I prayed for her. Heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. She's like her grandmother to all of us, and she's going to be greatly missed. But what exactly is grief? And why do people experience it for someone they've never met? I'm The Guardian's science editor, Ian Sample, and this is Science Weekly. Michael Cholby, you're a professor and philosopher at the University of Edinburgh, and you've recently written a book on grief. In light of the Queen's death, everyone will be feeling different emotions, I'm sure. Certainly some will be feeling a sense of grief. As someone who's studied it in depth, I'm wondering what this term grief really means to you. What do you regard as grief? It's an intricate notion, a difficult one to pin down. But the way that I define it is to say that grief is our emotional and ethical response to the loss of someone in whom we have invested our practical identity. I mean something like this. We're social creatures. We rely upon other beings, other people in particular, to be cornerstones of the things that we do in our lives. We have various kinds of relationships with others, marriages, friendships, uh, professional relationships, sibling relationships, parental relationships. And I think that grief should be understood as the response we undergo when that relationship that we have with some other individual is disrupted by the fact of their death. And are there different psychological processes or stages that we go through if we're grieving? Well, no doubt if uh, you've read much in the literature on grief, you're aware of the famous five-stage theory that is associated with the Swiss nursing instructor Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. 
uh, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. I think subsequent research has shown that it gets some of the details wrong. Most of us do go through phases or stages of grief, but we don't tend to go through exactly those five, or we don't go through those five in that order. But I think one thing that is true is that it's important not to overlook that while grief will usually involve, say, a fair amount of uh, sadness or sorrow, there are often other kinds of emotions that we undergo in the course of grieving. So people sometimes feel uh, worried or anxious, or they feel confused or puzzled. Uh, sometimes they even feel uh, a bit resentful. Uh, sometimes they feel guilty. Grief has ingredients to it. And grief is clearly very physical too. I mean, when someone suffers a loss, they might talk about feeling heavy or empty or having a foggy brain and, and so on. I'm wondering what happens to the body during grief. We often uh, suffer from insomnia or alternatively, uh, you know, oversleeping. Uh, we feel disruptions to appetite, to mood. And I suppose at the limit, right, there are instances of individuals who suffer a really profound loss, and that loss seems to play a role in actually causing them to die. You know, it's not unheard of for uh, grieving to be such an assault on our bodies that it seems to be uh, responsible in some ways for, for our own deaths. When people think of grief, I suspect that a lot of people will really be thinking of the loss we feel when a close friend dies or a family member. Um, but we do grieve for lots of different things, even public figures. Um, why is it that the death of someone that we know about rather than actually know personally can cause this sense of grief? Well, I do think that the fact that we can grieve for people that we really don't know personally, that we have had no firsthand encounters with, I think that this should be taken more seriously in some ways by people who study grief. I think what we've seen over the past decade or so with the emergence of social media is that it's indisputably true that large numbers of people grieve the deaths of public figures. The one that I think was particularly striking to me in the past several years uh, was the death of David Bowie. It was very clear that this was a person that was, uh, you know, valued, revered by many, and his death definitely um, resulted in in bona fide grief. But you're right; there's a puzzle here. Why do we grieve people that we can only say that we really know at a distance? We grieve them because uh, public figures can play a role in what I was early calling our practical identities. So if you were a big fan of David Bowie, then uh, his death might lead you to uh, be reminded of the different occasions when you uh, listen to his music, the particular songs that have a lot of meaning to you. So as I see it, it makes perfect sense that we would uh, grieve the death of a public figure if that public figure is some in, someone in whom we've uh, come to rely upon in a certain way for certain of our day-to-day um, you know, -day projects and concerns. In these days and weeks ahead, we're going to be thinking about grief on a, a national scale. And as a philosopher, I wonder what your thoughts are on that sort of phenomena of national grief. I do think that a lot of people will be grieving as individuals in the coming week. And uh, sometimes those individuals will grieve in such a way that they grieve together or in concert. Whether there's such a thing as national grief, well, that's sort of tricky. I mean, a nation is a large collective of people. And I would say that in the case of someone like the Queen, there will be some who grieve her death, but there'll be a fair number who candidly probably don't. 
So no doubt there will be widespread grief uh, in response to the Queen's death, but I'm a little bit skeptical that there's any credence to the thought that we as a nation are grieving. So in some sense, grief isn't just about losing something, but losing a part of our identity and needing to redefine what that identity is. And I wonder about that on a national scale. The Queen was undeniably a big part of British identity. Liz Truss described her as the rock on which British society was built. And so could this be a moment of reflection on who we are as a nation? Well, I do think that grief in general changes us. I think it changes uh, how we relate to the wider world. Sometimes it changes our goals and values. And I think it's not implausible to think that uh, the death of the Queen could be a pivotal event in how the people of the UK relate perhaps to the monarchy or how they see the place of the monarchy in the history, culture, and future of the UK. That's one of the ways that grief is valuable to us. It uh, allows us to fashion a sense of ourselves after we've lost someone who matters to us very deeply. And it seems to me that the parallel with respect to the Queen's death is that perhaps the UK itself will be changed to some extent. I want to explore that a little bit more, Michael. I mean, as you've described, grief can obviously be painful, distressing, you know, psychologically and and physically. And Yet, as the Queen put it, she was talking about the 9-11 attacks in New York. She said, grief is the price we pay for love. And I wonder, is there any sort of psychological value to grieving? Well, I think there's a great deal of value in grieving. What grief allows us to do is, first of all, to come to some understanding right, of our loss. Right? Grief is our, our psyches telling us that we've lost something important. Right. So uh, if we didn't have grief, then I think we would be deprived of a important capacity to understand the people and things that we lose. And I think it's important us to understand what we lose. At the same time, I think that grief is also a signal to us that we're going to have to figure out how to continue on in the world without a person that we had come to count upon, who had been sort of central to our self-conception or to our identities. So there are benefits we can take if we're sort of open to that, I suppose. I think one of the things that is important about some of the pomp, I guess, that we will see surrounding uh, the Queen's death in coming weeks is that rituals, right, particularly sort of public rituals, they're important cues, I think, to us to permit ourselves to have the emotions and feelings that constitute grief. To wrap up, Michael, you've spent a lot of time thinking about death and loss and all the psychological and physical processes that come with that. If anyone listening is struggling with their emotions or mental health, what would be your advice at this point? Well, I think it's important to appreciate that grief is by and large a natural and normal event. No doubt sometimes uh, a person can grieve so intensely that their grief feels debilitating or feels you know, so arduous that they feel like they can't survive it. And in which case, I think that it would be appropriate for a person in that situation, you know, to seek out uh, attention of a medical kind from a mental health professional. But I think for most of us, we do eventually manage the grief experience. 
And so in a sense, we should be glad that we grieve. Uh, without it, I think we would be very much deprived of an ability to you know, live a coherent life because every human being is going to have to deal with loss. And so if we didn't have grief, right, as our tool for dealing with that, we would be in very bad stead. Michael, it's a fascinating area. Thanks so much for coming on and taking us through it. Yeah, glad to do it. Thank you. Thanks again to Michael Cholby. My colleague and friend to the podcast, Nicola Davis, has written a fascinating article on how mourning rituals help with grief, and we've put a link to that on the podcast webpage at theguardian.com. And that's it for today. The producers were Madeleine Finlay and Rachel Porter, the sound design was by Rudy Zagadlo, and the executive producer was Max Sanderson. We'll be back on Thursday. See you then. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts.